This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Anyway, did you all bring your Bibles with you tonight? Let's open our Bibles together. 2 Samuel chapter 6, if you can find that opening in your Bibles or your device or whatever it is that you use, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Praise God. Thank you, Father. You know, one of the things that really makes a difference when we come together is an expectation we have in our hearts. And so I just want to encourage you here before we get into the Word of God to turn on your expector. And by that I mean, you know, the thing is, is there's things God wants to speak to you. There's things that God wants to show you. There's things that God wants to do in your life. And so if we have an expectation, it moves us into a position for, for God to be able to speak to us, and not only that, but minister to us. So let's do that as we pray, and then we'll get into what I want to share with you tonight. Father, we love you so much. Thank you, Father God, for your grace, your amazing grace, and your wonderful promises that you've made to us. Tonight, Father, as we gather in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you again for your presence here among us. We thank you, Father God, that you came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So, as we come, Father, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. You know what? I think we ought to do something a little different tonight. Is that all right with you? Let's just get off the rails here. Why don't you all stand back up again? You say, well, I thought we were done with all that. Nope, not now. Come on, praise God. Amen. Got to get you hooked back up. Now, I know you got all comfortable on me and everything, you know. Everybody's going, well, you know, I had my Bible and I had everything just right, you know, and now you're making me get up. Get over it. Praise the Lord. Awesome. I want you just to lift one hand up toward heaven. And I just want us to take just a moment here and let's just magnify the Lord together. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Glory to God. Praise God. We thank you for your blessing. Hallelujah. We honor you, Father, with the fruit of our lips. We give thanks to you, Father, for all that you are to us. Thank you, Lord God, for your wonderful grace and blessing in our lives. Come on, just lift your voice up before the Lord. Praise God out loud. Let him hear you. Praise God. We thank you, Father. Glory to God. Maybe a little unnatural for you to begin with, but, you know, just let it come right up out of your innermost being. Glory to God. Praise stills the enemy and the avenger. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, glory to God. We rejoice in you tonight, Father. We thank you for your blessing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> yes, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Glory to God, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, thank you, Father, hallelujah. Glory to God, thank you, Lord, for your blessing, hallelujah. Glory to God, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your love, your compassion. Thank you for your grace, Father. Yes, 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 yes. 
Thank you for your grace. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father. I tell you what, let's just all bow our heads here for just a moment. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we come together tonight, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yes, we're here to honor you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Mana kebala defre mesa prebala jigeneste. Yelengastisi pala frefeshi malacasto. And la pavala jigeis de maladefro. Mususta. Yeah, pakalajige balafrifash de no cumbreviste, rupaka, sefeno, sembrege, sombraga, dashtekela da pretvifes dungikes dendaga, cancelefe, oh, brakesne shekele brengiriste jinge, fudgust kala pefremeshaba, in zangala, istene kepafale, jamandago, Bescale chuno obregi et vust kanskledisi. Oh, Father, fill up that which is lacking. Bring about a manifestation of your grace and your glory. Father, bring about those things which you've ordained from long ago. Thank you, Father God, for your works amongst the children of men. Yes, Father God, that brings freedom and liberty and joy within our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you do within our midst to bring about your plans, your purposes, and that which you have ordained. Hallelujah. We stand in awe of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your mercy, your goodness, your grace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Let me lead you in a confession of your faith here tonight. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you this night. Say it with some enthusiasm too. Hallelujah. I thank you for this night, for your living word that abides in me, that puts me in or puts me over in life. I thank you tonight for your grace to abound toward me. I look to you, Heavenly Father, and I thank you for your blessing with great power and great glory. Thank you, Lord, for the working of your mighty power within my midst. In Jesus' name, Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's give Melissa a little bit more. We'll learn a thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in our lives. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Oh, we magnify you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Glory to God. You know, it wouldn't hurt any of you just to kind of let go here a little bit. Glory to God. Yeah, glory to God. Praise God. Lift up your voice. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I feel better. Praise God. I don't know about you. Amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. I'm good now. Now, let me talk to you about this. You know, um, you, you read the scriptures, and the Bible says that praise stills the enemy and the avenger, and yet very few Christians practice it. And so then they wonder about their hardships and their, you know, downcast and being, you know, uh, beat up and unhappy and whatever. Dude, you got to use the weapons that are available to you. And people will say, well, you know, I'm just not put together that way. Listen, if you're born of the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, you're put together that way. You just haven't let him out. You know, our head gets in the way so often. Human reasoning will beat you out of the blessing of God. Hallelujah. And you can see in the scriptures, throughout the scriptures, I mean, think about this with me. That when Jehoshaphat went to battle, what did they do? They sent the praisers out in front of the army. And that doesn't make no natural sense whatsoever. They ought to be striking up a tune, you know, in the back someplace. No, they were on the front tip of the spear and because of what happened, and you see it in the scriptures all the time, when they began to praise God, God sent ambushments against, you know, their enemies and all of these different kinds of things. Everything turned around. Well, thank God, I tell you what, dear friend, that's what you need to be doing. That's what I need to be doing. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be lifting up our voice and praising God. Hallelujah. Because we live in this world, but thank God we're not of it. So I, I exhort you. I admonish you, you know, that in your private time or in your car, when you're alone or whatever, man, lift up your voice. Shake that old snake off into the fire. Are you listening to me? You don't realize sometimes, you know, in heaven, man, they ain't nothing but joy. I mean, absolute, pure joy. You know, God is a God of joy. And if you've lost your joy, the devil will steal your stuff. Are you with me? And so you got to get your joy back because the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. But, you know, a lot of Christians, they don't have no joy. And one of the ways that that happens is when, praise God, we lift up our voice. We magnify his name. We declare who it is that we love and who God is in our lives. That's what brings deliverance. 
You say, well, I wish I could believe that. Well, go ahead. I double dog dare you, praise God. You probably get blessed out of the deal. Are you listening to me? Because we live again in this world that's just dumping junk all the time. And I don't think a lot of people are aware of, of how uh, polluted your life can be sometimes. And, and, and it just, you know, it's kind of like this, you know, gradual just, you know, trying to corkscrew you in the ground. Well, I'll tell you what, praise God, you got to stand up and say, uh-uh, no, we ain't doing this. You know, I was reading in the book of Proverbs... And you know, when God created the heavens and the earth, every day when he got done, he said, man, this is good. It was good. I mean, in other words, he literally delighted in that which he was creating. And, and when you read in the book of Proverbs, you know, and it talks about wisdom, it's as though wisdom is speaking. And it says, I was there when he did all that. Beholding and enjoying and delighting in everything that he was doing. I'm telling you, God is full of joy and you ought to be too. Hallelujah. You ought to be rejoicing. You know, in the God who redeemed you, saved you, delivered you, set you free, praise God, put you on a rock to stay. Are you listening to me? But again, we don't always do that. You know, because of, again, things that are going on within our lives and stuff, and we miss out. So I tell you what, you need to make a decision, dear friends, that, you know, moving forward, you're going to have yourself some praise time. Yeah, put some good music on, sing, praise God, turn the thing up so loud you can't hear yourself. Then you don't have to worry about how you sound. But I mean, worship God. Find some music that resonates with you, man, and go for it. And begin to praise and sing Hallelujah. Sing your way out of depression or discouragement or despair or any other D word that we can come up with. Hallelujah. Aren't, aren't you getting this? Amen. You're here tonight. God's got a message for you. I'm giving it to you. So let's, let's put it into practice. Well, that must be for the guy next door. No, that's you. Amen. You know, we have all kinds of relational issues, you know, in our lives that come up that aren't positive, you know. People's, people are being stinkers. I know that you don't know any of them, folks. But, you know, that can happen. And, and sure enough, you know, we, uh, we get down the mountain. It's a bummer, okay? No question about it. But I tell you what, thank God your joy is not in how they behave or don't behave. And so you just got to get past it. Praise God. Not my circus, not my monkey. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Are you with me? You say, can we do that? Sure. God said, cast your care onto him. Huh? Because why? He cares for you. Amen. But if you don't do that, then he can't help you. Lord, how come you're not helping me? I mean, these people, you know, they, got, they grew teeth last night. I mean, they're all over me, you know, and whatever. He gives you what you need. Are you with me? We just got to do it. I said, we just have to do it. And if we'll do that, praise God, we can stay happy. How many of you want to stay happy? I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay happy. Glory to God. You know, happy's better, you know? So uh, anyway, that's sermon number one. That has nothing to do with Second Samuel, but you needed it. You guys came in here, man, with all kind of wookie do on you. Hallelujah. 
So I want you to rejoice. I mean, when you go your way, go your way rejoicing. Hallelujah. And be blessed, praise God. Make a decision that you're not going to allow the devil to, to allow discouragement and despair to control your life. Are you with me? You know? Because, I mean, you hold the reins, man. I mean, you do. You, you literally are the one who is control in, in control of where this thing's going to go. And so it becomes important for us. But, you know, again, praise God. We, we, have, to, we have to put these things into practice. Hallelujah. You know? Glory to God. Amen. All right. Well, anyway, let's, let's get on to this next thing. I want to talk to you about, have you, any of you been thinking about this next year? He goes, what about it? (laughs) Okay, Um, I I could go with that, but uh, what's going to happen this next year? You know, what are you going to do? What are some of your plans that you might be having? Well, dude, I ain't got time to think about that. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. No, you need to be thinking about your future. You need to be thinking about this next year, about the plans that you have. You know, the Bible says God has plans for you. He's already thought about them. I'm just wondering whether or not we're, you know, you know getting, getting in sync with what it is that he wants to do. In other words, let me ask you a question. I'm just going to seed you with this thought because this is what I've been thinking about. How is it that I am going to magnify God in 2022 in my life in a greater way? How is it that I will magnify Christ in my life this coming new year. Have you ever thought about that? So, well, no, not well. <laughs> Bill said, no, not really. But we ought to. Huh? How am I going to magnify God? My life, how is my life going to lift Jesus up? Because he needs to be lifted up. Hallelujah. He's the soon coming king. He's no one for us to be ashamed of. Hallelujah. And so maybe it might be a simple thing where you just say, you know what, I'm going to stop being ashamed. Come on. You know, maybe we're hiding, in, hiding our light in the bushel, under the bushel or whatever. We're going, to, we're going to magnify Christ. We're going to magnify God. We're going to glorify Him in what we do, what we say. Hallelujah. We're going to be the ones that are full of joy. You know, so that people will always, you'll always be ready and and prepared to be able to give a reason for the hope that is within you. So maybe, you know, one of the ways that you're going to magnify God this year is you're going to praise God, get your hope back. Yeah. Amen. You know, your hope is not in the government. It's not in the president. It's not in anybody but God. Are you listening to me? This stuff, you know, it comes, it goes, and stuff goes on. But I'm telling you what, God is still God. And he's got a plan that he is carrying out. That's what I want to have my eyeballs on. Are you listening to me? Amen. You say, well, yeah, but what about this? What about that? What about it? What about it? There isn't anything that, that, you know, you know, there's nothing too big that God can't take care of. But if all we're thinking about is the wrong side of the equation, well, then, you know, then everything kind, it, it unravels. 
So I just want to I want to have you think about that, you know, about magnifying Christ. Here's some things that David said, and this happened uh, <clears throat> during David's reign. You know, he, he, he went through a lot. You know, God had a calling on his life. He answered that call. He slew Goliath. He was anointed to be the king, he, but he was running from Saul, running for his life. He was hiding. He was, you know, he couldn't figure out what in the world is going on. You ever been through some trouble even though God's got a plan for you? Sure enough. But you know, there came a day when God fulfilled what it is he promised in this man's life. The Bible says that he had rest from all of his enemies because he'd conquered them all. It's pretty cool. Amen? And in that, you know, God gave him a promise and made a covenant with him. And he made this statement. He said, so let it be established that your name be, may be magnified forever. In other words, God told him he was going to do some things. And so David in return said, so let it be established that your name may be magnified forever, saying the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, is Israel's God, and let the house of your servant David be established before you. In Psalm 34, you're familiar with this verse of Scripture, but it says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say all times. I said all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast of the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. And listen to this. You know, think about the emotion behind the psalmist when he said, How magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. You know, people might think you're nuts, but who cares? It's sure good to be happy. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. In another place, Psalm 35 and 27, he said, let them shout for joy and be sad. No, he said, let them shout for joy and be glad. Huh? Who's the, the we or them that we're talking about here? Well, he's talking about us. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Hallelujah. Huh? Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Glory to God. You know, that's, that's what's supposed to be going on in our lives. Did you hear me? I said, that's what we're supposed to be talking about. Not all the hell that's going on outside the walls of this church. I'm talking about this right here and what it is that ought to be on our lips. Because we are victors, not victims. Hallelujah. And so we need to rejoice in what it is that he said. You know, now Paul said this. This is in Philippians 1 and verse 20. He said, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed but that with all boldness, hallelujah, as always, so now also Christ may be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Glory to God. Well, we don't think about things like that too much, do we? But that's exactly what the Apostle Paul said. And here's the point. I don't really care as long as he gets magnified. Huh? 
You know, if somebody comes along and martyrs you, they just did you a favor. Hallelujah. Because you're just going into your reward sooner. That's all. Hallelujah. Say, wow, that's kind of a, you know, strange way to think. Well, you know, praise God. You know, the thing about it is, is we don't see things as God sees them. But we need to start. I said we need to start. We need to be rejoicing. Glory to God. He said, my earnest expectation and hope is so that I might be, or that I won't be ashamed. And that with all boldness, glory to God. I'm telling you what, you guys, don't ever be ashamed of the gospel anymore. Let that be one of the goals that you have for this next year. You say, man, I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to be quiet. Praise God, I'm going to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. And I, you know, of course, you know, you might get mocked or, you know, there may be reproach that comes against you as a result of it. But I'm telling you what, dude, you don't have anything to be ashamed of. You belong to the King. Glory to God forevermore. And so it's important for us to think about these things where our lives are concerned. Hallelujah. You want to get blessed, glory to God, then these things will help you do it. If Christ is to be magnified in 2022, we're going to have to put him first. Huh? We're going to have to put him first. Now, again, you know, let's consider David's lead. Because I think he's a pretty good example to follow. He made some mistakes, but so have we, huh? What does it really mean, you know, when we, when we start talking about, you know, um, putting him first. Well, the Bible tells us that David was a man after. Everybody say after. He was a man after God's own heart. Wow. You know, in other words, when, when uh, uh, God was speaking to Samuel, this is prior to his being called as the king of Israel, but God was speaking to the prophet Samuel, and he says, I've chosen someone else besides Saul. I've I found a man who has a, a, whose heart is after me, will do what I want him to do. And he was, of course, talking to David. You know, when Samuel was picking out from Jesse's uh, uh, kids, he took the oldest, he's good looking, you know, and tall and big and whatever, and God said, no, wrong. He said, you judge by the outward appearance, I judge after the heart. Dude, you can be a pipsqueak and God can do supernatural, miraculous things through you. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So it's important for us, again, you know, to think in these terms. But again, when he says, you know, David was declared by God to be a man after his heart. But what does it mean? What does it mean to, to, to pursue God's heart? All right? That's a good question, isn't it? And I think if we can answer that, we'll be well on our way to heading in a direction that we need to go. But I'd like to suggest to you that that means to love and pursue what God loves. Huh? If I have a heart... You know, if I have a heart after what God wants, that means for me to love and pursue what he loves. Are you with me? So if I'm going to magnify God in this next year, one of the things I'm going to need to do is to love and pursue what God loves and pursues. And I'll, may, I'll give you a list. How many of you know he loves humanity? Huh? He loves people. 
God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son, one and only, that whoever believed in him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. God loves people. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, you see all the hatred, you see all the self-indulgence and all of these things that's going on. And God loves every one of them, man. I'm telling you, he loves them. So if you and I are going to magnify God, then we're going to have to learn to love as he loved, to love humanity, to love people, that we're going to have to pursue righteousness and justice. In other words, when I talk about righteousness, I'm just talking about doing right in our lives. Are you with me? You know, not allowing ourselves to give in to carnal kinds of things or anything of that nature, but resisting them. Also to pursue peace and joy. And I talked to you a little bit about that, man. I'm telling you, God is happy. He's full of joy. Glory to God. And he wants you to be too. To pursue life and redemption. Jesus said, I came so that you would have life and life more abundant. And that I have redeemed you with my blood. So we need, to, we need to chase or pursue the redemption that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen? And then finally, grace and abundance. To You know, again, we're talking about loving the things that God loves, pursuing the things that God pursues. He loves grace. It's for by grace that you're saved. Hallelujah. We sing about amazing grace. Sometimes, you know, we need to show people grace. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Yeah, amen. You know, and not only just grace, but abundance. I'm telling you, God is a God of abundance. He, he's not, there's no deficiency. And so these are the things, of course, that we can be a part of. How is or, or how was this heart of God manifested in David's life? So now what we can do is we can say, okay, we're going to use him as our example, and we're going to see some things that he did. And so in 2 Samuel here, let let me make this statement. You remember the story how that under Saul's leadership, everything went sideways and the whole thing collapsed. And they were, basically Israel was a reproach. Then David became king and he started putting things back together again and started magnifying God, putting God first. You know, telling people, we're going to worship God. You need to repent of all your idols and all your other junk. And get yourself straightened up because we're going to do this God's way. Well, then he comes to find out, well, he knew this, of course, but the enemy had taken the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. And, and so God's presence was not in Israel, all right? It was someplace else. Actually, the ark ended up in some guy's house for three months, and the Bible says that for those three months, the blessing of God was all over that place. And they recognized that God is in the midst of this place because of the ark of the covenant, but David wanted to move this thing to Jerusalem or the city of David and put it in a tabernacle where it belonged. And so my point to this is is that the ark of the covenant, which had the presence of God between the two cherubims, was not where it belonged. So David went after it. He went after it. And how does that apply? You know, and again, it belonged in Israel. It belonged in the tabernacle. So look at this verse of Scripture with me. I had you turn there quite a while ago. 
But notice what it says here in chapter 6 and verse 16. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Now, in other words, they had it. They, they, they procured it, I guess you would say. And so they're bringing it back to, this, to Jerusalem. Michael, the daughter of Saul, who was David's wife, all right, um, took, uh, looked out the window and saw uh, King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Bad move. I said, bad move. Huh? I'll maybe get into that a little more as we get on here. Verse 17. But they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And uh, when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all of the people the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, a cake of raisins to each one. And then all the people departed to each his house. David returned Uh, to bless his household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, uh, how the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servant female's servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michael, listen to this, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord, and I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you've spoken, by them I shall be held in honor." And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day that she died. Bummer. Huh? Now, how, what kind of an, I mean, what kind of an application can this be made, you know, where our lives are concerned? I'm telling you, David was, he, he was a man after God's heart. And he knew that that Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be in their house. And he pursued it, and he went after it. And the Bible says, praise God. You know, they celebrated the first time they tried to get this thing. And, you know, one of, uh, one of the uh, priest's sons touched it, and he died. And so they left the thing alone for about three months, and then they went after it. But I'm telling you, this next time, I mean, the Bible says that he danced before the Lord with all his might. He celebrated, praise God. I mean, with his whole heart before the Lord. Michael, you know, she had her, her words and her way of looking at it. But I want to give you consideration with regard to the equivalent of this and what this might look like in our lives. The Ark of the Covenant was not where God, where it belonged, so David went after it. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God, did it not? Huh? And so the equivalent to that might be that we need to get the Holy Ghost back in our life. I said we need to get the Holy Ghost back in our life. Are you listening to me? 
You know, a lot of people, they're all in this funk and everything, praise God. But they've, they've crowded the Holy Ghost out of their life. You say, well, what do you mean by that? I'll tell you in a second. But it is absolutely true. Because a lot of people, and I'm talking about Pentecostals, that are ashamed of being filled with the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I said, you shouldn't be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? Don't try to appease the world because you never will. Are you listening to me? And I'm not talking about being foolish, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you some instructions here uh, or some, some thoughts here. Because, for example, you remember when, um, when Paul wrote his letter to Timothy, Timothy was under a, a great deal of duress. He was a pastor in Ephesus, and I mean he was coming under some serious persecution and some serious fire. And so when Paul wrote this letter, he said, hey, when I called to remembrance, you know, he greeted him, and he said, but when I called to remembrance, the genuine faith that existed in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I know that that same kind of faith dwells in you. And so he's, he's reminding him, he's stirring him up by way of remembrance about what it is that had taken place within his life. And so in the context of that, he went on, therefore, he went on to say in verse 6, he said, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying down of my hands because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, glory to God, there is something that God has done for you. Hallelujah. And you never need to run from it, but run into it. Glory to God. That's what David did. He pursued what God had put within their midst. And the blessing of God came to them and to the city and to everyone around them. Sometimes, you know, you got you to shake off the fear and the intimidation and, and, and the heaviness that hell is attempting to impose upon. You see all this stuff, we, we call it cancel culture. We call it, you know, this and that and the other. Dude, it is nothing but hell attempting to impose itself on you and tell you to shut up. And what you need to do, glory to God, is shout all the louder. Amen. I said shout all the louder. Now, a lot of folk, they don't think that's maybe the right thing to do, but it is the right thing to do. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against it. And you know, really, the fact of the matter is a lot of people are finally you know, waking up and say, that's enough of this nonsense. Are you with me? Well, praise God, you need to do it too. And I'm not talking about being, you know, strange and weird or whatever in, in that way, but I'm telling you what, don't back down, don't apologize. Are you listening to me? So you have to shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. You know, for almost now two years, I've been talking about the fact that God has not given us a spirit of fear. I've been talking for almost two years now how that God is our refuge and an ever-present help in the time of trouble. I've been talking for two years that the Lord is our shield and buckler. Huh? Come on. And you know, sometimes it's like it falls on deaf ears. But God hasn't changed because of COVID. 
Are you listening to me? But people have. I said people have. I tell you what, you need to revisit your roots. And you need to think about what it is that God has done and not allow hell to impose itself upon you. Now, of course, you know, that's one aspect of it, fear, intimidation, you know, heaviness that hell brings. Sin and wrongdoing will do the same thing, dude. It'll eat your lunch. You never win. So, you know, uh, the sin and the wrongdoing, man, it separates people from God. You can't, you can't compromise with sin. Because you'll, 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 you'll get killed. Are you listening to me? I mean, when the Bible says, you know, uh, you know, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. When he tells you not to sin, that's exactly what he means. So you got to get it out of your, well, I just can't. Yeah, you can. Don't tell me you can't. Huh? Come on. It gets quiet when you start preaching like this. You can get it out. Just make a decision. This has got to go. Hallelujah. And, and the thing about it is, again, it separates people from the presence of God. And so, praise God, let's make sure that we don't have carnal thinking and behavior in our lives. Amen. David danced before the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, if you're going to have, to have, if you're going to have the Spirit of God, let me, let me just say this, dude. If you're going to have the Spirit of God resident and active, and I'm not saying this in the sense, well, you know, God's departed from you. But, you know, man, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, having a, a relationship with God. If he's going to be resident and he's going to be active within your life, then praise God, you're going to have to forget about what people think. Huh? Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. You know, the world, they don't have any problem offending somebody. They didn't even give it a thought. And I'm not out to offend, but you know, Jesus made the statement, it is impossible that there aren't going to be offenses. You breathe wrong and you'll offend somebody today. Are you with me? Thank God we've been set free. I said we've been set free. I said we've been set free. We're not under bondage to people. We're under the lordship of Christ. And so we need to make sure, praise God, forget about what it is that people... Now, again, I'm not trying to, you know, be disrespectful to people or, or uh, not to be respectful. But yet, right on the other hand, dude, I ain't compromising my faith in God because somebody else doesn't know about it, doesn't agree with it, or doesn't understand it. Are you with me? I, you know, think about it with me for a minute. God's the one that chose to fill the church with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And on the day of Pentecost, a whole lot of folk got filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Now, you and I, we might have thought, well, you know, I don't, I don't know that that's really a good idea because, you know, after all, there's a lot of folk that aren't going to understand that. And, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. So, you know, let's just kind of, you know, go easy on this deal. That ain't what happened, dude. At 9 o'clock in the morning, the Spirit of God came in that room and 120 people got filled with the Spirit and it busted out of that room out onto the streets. And glory to God, I mean to tell you, man, there was stuff going on. They said, we do hear them speak in our own language the wonderful, to magnify God and the wonderful works of God. Woo! Glory to God, everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Yeah, thank God for the Holy Ghost. You say, but I don't understand that. Well, you know what? We ought to learn. I said, we ought to come to understand. 
We ought to read the Bible. We need to read the book of Acts. We need to read the book of 1 Corinthians and other scriptures, you know, that talk about this wonderful gift called the baptism of the Holy Ghost and use it as a practice within our lives. But again, if you're going to have the Spirit of God active in your life, you're going to have to forget about what people think. You can't be ashamed of the gospel. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Huh? So you can't be ashamed of the gospel. Everybody say, I will not be ashamed of the gospel. Say it again. I will not be ashamed of the gospel. So you can't be ashamed of of the gospel. You can't be ashamed of Christ. You're going to have to take a stand. In this last day, baby, you're going to have to take a stand. That's all there is to it. And here's the thing you need to know. When you do, he'll be there. When you do, he'll show up. When you do, he will be the one who strengthens you. He'll be the one who puts you over. He's the one that will make sure, praise God, that you end up on the top. So you can't be ashamed of the gospel, you can't be ashamed of of Christ, and you can't be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me qualify that, because you know there are a lot of strange things that happen in the name of Pentecostalism, and I'm not talking about being weird, okay? You say, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about, praise God, embracing what it is that God has done in your life to give you power. He said you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be a witness unto me, you know? And the thing about it is, is this is an incredible, you know, uh, weapon that God has given to us to be filled with the Holy Ghost out of your innermost being, flowing rivers of living water. Glory to God. Are you with me? Amen. You know, uh, this past uh, weekend... Um, I got some flu bug, you know, and I, I went to bed Saturday night. We're having church in the morning, you know, and about three o'clock in the morning, I wake up and I got, you know, this like sour stomach, you know, it's like, mm, mm. you ever had a mm before, you know, and I, I, you know, I don't, I don't get sick. I mean, I, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, have challenges, you know, from time to time, but this thing was really weird. I'm laying there and I'm thinking, man, this is really strange. So I decided, well, okay, I'll get up. So I went and, uh, you know, hugged the commode there for a little while and sold the Buick. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm good. You know, went back to bed, went to sleep, woke up. uh, Linda, can you relate to this? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. There's a whole batch of us that uh, had a little deal here. So anyway, Sunday morning, when I I, uh, awakened, Man, I'm just feeling like I weigh 150,000 pounds, you know, just, and so I thought, okay, we've got to get up here, we'll get a little coffee going, but it was was accentuated this morning, different than before, you know, wow, man, I'm just really tired. So I think I only drank like half a cup of coffee, you know. I'm trying to think where I'm going with this conversation. Oh, I know where it was. So, so I go downstairs and I said, I'm just going to, you know, uh, I got my lesson ready. I'm just going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. I got to tell you guys, I did not. Let me tell you, I did not want to pray in the Holy Ghost. I mean, I did not 
feel, feel like praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I got this thing going on, you know? So anyway, I drank this little cup of coffee, you know, and I'm sitting there praying. And, uh, and it's, there's no, okay, forget about the inspiration. We're just kind of, you know, and uh, looking, waiting for inspiration. So I got to the place where I was, I was going to have to go, um, you know, get my shower and get ready to go and this and that and the other. So I get up and I go up the steps and I'm thinking, uh-oh, you know, this thing's going on. You know, I thought to myself, I thought that was over with. I thought we took care of that 3 o'clock this morning. No, no, no. Paid a visit again. So got done with that. And, and really, God's my witness, man. I just thought, okay, we're good to go now. You get that all out, you know, we'll just move on, right? So I get in the shower, you know, and I'm showering. And, dude, everything's going the wrong direction as far as the way I feel. Okay? Now, the reason I'm saying this, again, is, is that there are times when you don't feel like praying in the Holy Ghost. And I sure enough didn't. So I, I just thought if I can get my shower and I'll get everything. And, and, you know, a lot of the staff members were saying, dude, why didn't you call us? Why? Because it, it was okay earlier, you know, at 6, 6.30 in the morning. I said, yeah, it's going to be all right, no problem. And so I'm going to drop the, this bomb and say, hey, hope you got a good one in the can because I ain't coming, you know. So anyway, I just thought if I can get my pickup and get my seat, you know, leaned back and turn on the heater, I'll be fine. So I come to church. I went into the, I waited as long as I could because I just didn't feel, you know, I love you, man, but I didn't want to talk to nobody, Okay. <laughs> So I waited in the back room. I waited till Steve finished up with the very last song. There was like 60 seconds left. And I come, you know, down here. I told my son, Brian, I said, I'm going to do this deal. When I'm done, I'm going to give it to you, and you can do whatever else you want to, take up the offering, whatever, I'm out. And so that's what I did, you know. Then I did my thing, got all done, went back. I just laid back there till everybody left. I know, I didn't greet you with a holy kiss or nothing like that. I just, you know, and, uh, and then as a matter of fact, uh, somebody drove the pickup home and I just went home with Joan. Went to bed for a day. Got up the next morning, you know, had to do a funeral. Did the funeral, got that done. Had to do another one yesterday, did that, you know. Now I'm down here, praise God. I tell you what, praise God, you just don't quit. Are you listening to me? But I'm telling you, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. And if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? I mean, you know, at least if you feel good and everything, you don't have to fight that part of it. But your flesh doesn't like to pray in the Spirit. But you need to do it anyway. Can you say amen? How are we all doing? Is it really 809? Wow, that's amazing. Okay, let me, let me do this real quick so you get the whole, I'll shovel off the whole load. Amen. Um, we're talking about putting God first. You okay for a minute here? Look with me here one more time. Turn to, uh, uh, wow, there's so much I have here. So the first thing I mentioned to you, y'all glad you came? Yeah. The Ark of the Covenant was not where it belonged, so David went after it. So I'm telling you, go after this thing, man. Stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Amen? Use it. Glory to God. I'll tell you what, if you will, 
God will show up. Praise God. And you'll get blessed beyond measure. And the second thing is that the Lord should be uh, magnified with a place, a place worthy of his name because of what he has done for us. You're that place. You're that house. Now, the reason I use this this illustration is, look at chapter 7 real quick, and we, we won't get in, or we won't get through all of this, but I'll just mention it to you. You can study it for yourself. Chapter 7, verse 1. Now, when the king, David, lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all of his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, you know, See now, he says, I'm dwelling in a house of cedar. In other words, I'm, I'm living in this palace. Notice what he goes on to say. But the ark of God dwells in a tent. You know, in other words, he just said, you know, this ain't right. So Nathan said to him, you know, to the king, he says, hey, go and do whatever's in your heart, you know, for the Lord is with you. So my point to this is to simply say that David's conscious thought was simply this. Here I am living in this palace, and God is down there in a tent. So his motive or his, 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 his consciousness or his, his mindfulness was God needs to be honored. What's going on here? God needs to be magnified. He shouldn't be down there in a tent. I'm in a palace. Are you listening to me? So he says, I'm going to build him a house. Now, again, if we could get into this a little bit further, when, when, when he, my point, I'll make my point to you. You know, you need to do the same thing where your life is concerned. I'm talking about him being magnified in our lives, you know? And, and um, gosh, I wish I had time to get into this, but I don't. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. So good. Hallelujah. God turned around and spoke to Nathan, the prophet, and he says, I want you to go back and talk to David. And, and essentially, what, what, the, what, what God said to David is he said, you, you want to build me a house? And he said, Nobody's ever built me a house. You know, I've been in, you know, tabernacles and tents and everything as long as I've ever been with Israel and things. And, and the point is, is if you look into this a little bit further, you'll, you'll discover this, that because of his conscious, I'm talking about David had a man, he had a heart after God. He wanted to please God, honor God, magnify God, lift God up. And when he had that heart, God came through the prophet and said, you're going to build me a house? He says, I'm going to build you a house. And your descendant will sit on the throne forever. And that became Jesus. Why are you listening to me? So how does that apply to you and me? We need to put God first in the same way. We need to be building the kingdom of heaven, building his house. You with me? You know, and I would have got into some other things here, you know, about tithing and different things of that nature. You know, when we tithe, we support the work of God. 
And, and, and what we're doing is we're building his house. You know, people, they, they get all uptight and knotted up, you know, because the preacher starts talking about tithing. But dude, I'm not talking to you about tithing so you'll get knotted up and, and concerned about the fact that maybe I want your money. I don't care about your money. But I tell you what, I want to put you in a position to where you begin to obey God and chase God, you know, and chase his heart with what it, and, and it's such, isn't it a small thing that he asks us for just this 10% of what it is that you and I have, have been blessed by? Are you with me? It's, it's really small. And, and what, what you see happening is, is when your heart gets turned and you say, you know what, I'm going to support the work of God. I'm going to support what God's doing in the earth. He said, you want you doing that? I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to bless you coming in, going out. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will command my blessing on your storehouses. You'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. That's what the scriptures say. And we would have, you know, unpacked that a little bit more if we had time. But I tell you what, praise God, let's think about how we're going to magnify God this year. You know, in that, in that context, I just decided, you know, I'm up in the ante when it comes to my giving. Huh? You know, the devil doesn't want anybody up in the ante when it comes to their giving. Are you with me? No, you don't want to do that. You know, I was just listening to, uh, we went down to, uh, I mean, this is amazing, you guys. We went down to... Uh, uh, Branson to Keith Moore's church uh, for their week of increase. And 41% of everything that comes in their door goes right back out the door to bless people. That's amazing. Huh? 41%. Isn't that what that was, Glenn? You don't remember? You're supposed to remember these things. Okay. Yeah. And <clears throat> they didn't start there. You know, they may have started with 10% of the church, you know. We've done that, you know, we give 10% and then some more sometimes, you know, and different things of that nature. But I tell you what, that's where the blessing of God is, huh? I mean, you want to be able to go outside your door and pick any kind of fruit off the tree you want, glory to God. Well, get some seed out there. Get some trees planted. Amen. You know, keep the deer off of them. Glory to God. How's your, how's your fruit trees going there, Reed? Awesome, huh? You got big, you know, fences around them and all that. Yeah, sometimes you got to keep the devil from stealing your stuff. But you know, Reed, he's going to have a bunch of apple trees and cherry trees, and I'm going to go down there, and he's going to give me a bunch of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I don't have time to get into that, but I want you to think, think with me. How is it that I'm going to magnify God in 2022 with my life? It's not about, you know, I think about the church, you know, and plans we have for the church and stuff. But what I'm really thinking about is, is God, I'm going to be a part of the army. I'm going to be leading the way. I'm going to be out there in the front. I'm going to be doing some things, praise God, that's making a difference in the world that I live in. Amen? And I tell you what, you can do the same thing. Everybody say, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Let's everybody stand up. 17, time to go. Glory to God. Praise God. Pray with me if you would. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Father, we love you so much tonight. Thank you for your blessing in our lives. As we come to you this evening, Father God, I just want to thank you for your divine grace. Oh, it's so powerful. And we thank you for all that you've done in our lives, Father, into this present hour to bring us to this place, Father. Thank you for your love and compassion, your grace, Father. Oh, it's so amazing. Praise God. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, while your heads are bowed, let's, let's not, let's not, uh, let's not lose the moment. You know, for those of you that are watching online, perhaps, and even perhaps those that are here, you know, if there's just an adjustment that needs to be made in your heart about your pursuit of God and what it is that you have been pursuing and what you need to be pursuing, maybe it's a, an opportunity for you just to repent and say, God, I'm so sorry. You know, I haven't done right by you. I haven't done what it is that you've wanted me to do. I know what's right. And I know I've got this or that or the other in my life, and I know that it needs to change. And so, God, I'm asking you to forgive me and renew a right spirit within me. So while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you're watching online or if here in the congregation, you qualify for what it is I just described. You'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, pray for me. Uh, I need prayer. Can I see your hand anywhere? We're not here to embarrass you. We're here to help you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Hallelujah. When we pray this prayer out loud together, those of you that raised your hand, I just want you to let your heart agree with the prayer. Those of you online, if you find yourself in that place right now, let your heart agree with this prayer. And let God be the Lord in your life moving forward. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight without any reservation. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sin. Restore within me a right spirit. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and loving me just like I am. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Well, if you prayed that prayer, those of you that are online, it's a new beginning for you, a new start. Same with all of the rest of you that raised your hand and responded. But I tell you, one of the things that you have to do is you have to make a decision that whatever has brought the sin into your life needs to go out of your life right now. You don't make a truce with it. You don't cut a deal with it. You don't let it lay in the back room of your life someplace. You remove it. You get rid of it. You burn it. When I was a kid, teenager, gave my heart to the Lord. We lived, listened to all kinds of secular junk. Music, I mean, it's from the devil, man. And we listened to it hard and strong and loud. Well, I got saved. And all of a sudden, all of that was not a part of the repertoire of being a child of God. So we had a bonfire. And I mean, I can't tell you how much money may have been invested in all this vinyl and all these <laughs> eight-track tapes. But dude, we piled them up, and I mean, we had a pile, and we lit that sucker on fire. That's what you got to do with sin, man. you got to destroy it. you got to burn it so that it can't have a place in your life anymore. So whatever that represents, go do it. And I tell you what, God will bless you. He'll strengthen And don't. Don't entertain whatever it is that you've chosen tonight to walk away from. You just say, get behind me, devil, immediately. 
And he'll help you. He'll set you free. Glory to God. And uh, set you on a rock to stay. Amen. All right. You may be seated. We're going to receive our offering this evening.